episode two of the newly titled Has Opinions podcast. I am Daniel Espinoza, your host, co-host? Co-host, sure. I'm Chris, other host. Yeah. And uh, we are just podcasting about what we have an opinion about this week. Um, and we actually have a topic this week that we have a lot of opinions on. And so hopefully uh, it'll be interesting. So yeah. So do you want to frame uh, our opinions Yes. This week. All right. So this one got me fired up two weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. It was based on a tropical NBA podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the one titled something which I will remember soon. Something about the cult of early retirement. I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And within it, they describe why they agree with a lot of the cult of early retirement, except there's some very big things that it does not tell you what to do. In other words, how to spend your time or like how to fulfill kind of that long journey of Mm -hmm. preparing yourself until you get to that retirement point or really even what retirement is and why you might not even want to retire. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. You, you mentioned it and then I went and listened to it. I got fired up about it. I had my wife listen to it. She got fired up about it and we had a, you know, mini in home podcast there, but we didn't hit record. So here we are hitting record on it. Awesome. All right. So, Um, the basic premise of this is that there are a bunch of steps that the early retirement group of people, um, prescribe, right? So you start by reducing your spending, paying down your debts, Mm -hmm. saving your money. I think that's the third one. Yeah. I guess that's the same as reducing spending, but whatever. They define it as a separate thing or maybe they define it as, um, well, reducing spending to, well, reducing spending to be able to pay off your debts and then investing and then. Yeah, and then reducing and and then saving that money. Yeah, because it's those are exclusive. Right, and then somehow you're going to retire early, mm-hmm. and, and poof. The what is it? Dan and Ian on Tropical A have mm-hmm. opinions on this. I share a lot of their opinions. Yeah. Um, in the gap between when you successfully have paid down your debts and you're saving money, and this retirement period mm-hmm. is anywhere from like fifteen to thirty years. Ooh. And what's going on during that gap? What's yeah. what's happening? Yeah, because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of there's there's entire like YouTube channels built around um, that first step, like you know the about talking about that latte factor. Like I just subscribed to one that was um, financial diet, and they have <laughs> they had sorry to call them out, but like they have videos like the five things that you're overspending on, and you know. I don't need someone to tell me that I'm overspending on condiments or, you know, the often dead horse of lattes. I mean, uh, it's really, you know, just for background, like I mentioned to you before the show, like we taught Dave Ramsey stuff and, um, not taught it, but we facilitated it, like pretty much hit record on a DVD and, uh, for like five years. And we, we, we facilitated that. So we had a lot of people who were getting through that first step, but they got out of it. Like they, they paid off their debt. Um, we paid off our debt, like, and then it's like, you sort of look around like John Travolta, like, all right, what am I doing now? (laughs) What comes next? And the only thing Dave has to offer is like mutual funds, like put in a good mutual fund or real estate. And, uh, neither of those sound very interesting to me. Right. And then they on Tropical MBA called out a article on Mr. Money Mustache, Mm -hmm. who basically has the same thing, right? Just save your money, put it in, you know, Vanguard funds. I think, uh, he likes, and I also like, um, but we get into this issue of A, and this is kind of a thing where I think about a lot of topics on or kind of try to call myself out on, not that I do it perfectly, but um, 
privilege. And, mm. and in this case, it's a very privileged thing to be able to do any of these steps yeah, it at is. all. Because if you're working a 13-hour job, you know, part-time job somewhere, $13 per hour job, you know, it's really hard to do any of this. Anyway. Unless, unless you're Kylie Jenner and you're yeah. self-made. <laughs> self-made billionaire. <laughs> yes. Because she did it all herself. Right. Correct. Um, and so, um, yeah, so it's really hard to get anywhere at that page range. So mm-hmm. hashtag privilege. I don't know. I'll just have that in my mind. Yeah. Um, so it's a privilege thing. You have to have a good amount of money in order to do something um, like saving half your money to two thirds of your money to save while living on the rest. You have mm-hmm. to be a fairly high earner to do that in the first place. So that's kind of crazy. Second part is, is what are you doing, right? So I have paid down my debts, presumably, or I'm in the process of it. I'm saving my money. And now I'm in a job for 15 to 30 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to retire at the ripe age of 60 or whatever. So, and of course, this is an early retirement stuff. So people try to retire by 35, 40, 45, something like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like other ways of doing it. I don't like this way of thinking about it because after you retire, you might think um, you had an idea of what to do when you retired, but you might not like that, something like that. You know, mm-hmm. something might come up. Um, they had a name for that, like the deferred something or other. Yeah, deferred. well, deferred retirement. There's retiring often. Yeah. Some things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't like the idea of like traveling when I'm 60. No, exactly. Like I want to do that now. The first time. Right. I want to integrate that into my life currently. So one thing they talked about was retiring often, which is like going in spurts of work, mm-hmm. saving up money, retiring for a while, you know, not doing anything for a period of months or years or whatever you can afford. Mm-hmm. Uh, also hard when you have a career, right? Because you can't just stop a job and start up a job and like bosses and companies are not really going to let you do that. No, they frown on it for some reason. Not sure why. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> so... So you have all these constraints against you, right? So you're trying to work or something. Um, and that 15 to 30 year period is kind of this grind of potentially of having a career, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you have a great job, it's still like you end up getting trapped in positions or you have to find a new job or you get laid off. Your health has issues. So all of a sudden you are spending money on health care. Mm-hmm. All sorts of things come up. And all these uh, retirement plans, early retirement plans, presume that you're you know young and healthy and you're going to stay that way. Right. So there are a bunch of problems with this. Um, so Tropical MBA guys, Dan and Ian, say, well, like that dot, dot, dot before profit, before retirement should or you might want to think about um, being an entrepreneur, starting mm-hmm. your own company, having some kind of asset other than a job that makes you money. You said the E word. Yeah. What if people, what if that's, that's scary to some people? I don't know. They don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a scary word. I've, I have, in addition to my job, just sold info products, just video instructions to how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess it makes me an entrepreneur. It does. But, like, you know, I'm just making money. Like, are you a runner? You can answer that really easily. Like, do you run? I do yes. not run much. I run occasionally. And then <laughs> if you run, you're a runner. If you start <laughs> something new that didn't exist before, you are an entrepreneur. Like, uh, I think the E word scares people because they don't understand that fact. Like, it doesn't take that much. Right. Just, I mean, you're not taking VC funding and moving no. to San Francisco or whatever. No, you're not trying to make a dent in the universe and all that All that jazz. No, you're, you're just starting something that didn't exist before and it, it's useful to certain to your customers. Yeah. So. so I like that point of view a lot because it makes sense to um, invest in yourself in that way, right? It's like another mm-hmm. investment. You're 
building another asset in your portfolio of investments, then this one can take up a lot of your time instead of, you know, just allocating cash to it. Mm -hmm. But the um, consequence of that, the thing that is great about that is that you can make you money. It can take over your day job. Mm -hmm. It can make as much or more as your day job. You potentially can do your day job and this, depending on what kind of work you have and your family situation and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am really into that as the idea. Um, So instead of just working a job and being afraid all the time of, you know, am I going to get fired because I want to take a two-week vacation and no one ever does two-week vacations? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. Like that's all it's like. <laughs> no one ever blows the entire uh, entire amount of vacation yeah. they get in one pop. Uh, my favorite story is trying to take one more vacation day than I had left, mm-hmm. and they like didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> they were just like, "I." Did I, you ever I, offer to like dock your pay or like? Yeah. just don't pay me and specifically. Don't pay me for that day. They're like, "Well, our HR system can't do that." <laughs> I I literally supported payroll. And I like I ran I ran the payroll every week for this bank that I worked at, and I'm like, no, really, I can adjust my pay, right? And like, not pay me. Like, can I just have <laughs> them time off? And yeah, they're they're it's so unheard of. The yeah, the entity, the business entity, could not figure that out. Yes, or maybe they didn't care. Um, so that's also another angle they talked about is mm-hmm. freedom of time, which mm-hmm. is a big one for me because I don't want to be at a desk every day, every hour, mm-hmm. forty hours a week plus of the best time of, you know, when my kids are young and all that good stuff. So I, I've, I haven't been at the bank for 10 years this year. And you sent me an article yesterday about sort of about someone who had chronicled their week living in New York. And that person, I guess she's a, she is a student and an intern. And so during the summer, she's an intern. And so she explains waking up and going to take her shoes to get fixed before she goes into work. And so then like at nine o'clock, she's at her desk working and kind of bored because they don't give her stuff because she's an intern. And it was such it was a bit of culture shock when I was reading that because I was like, why, why, what? And then and then she went to work out at lunch and or she did that after after um, after work at five. And it, the 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 timing and being somewhere in an office was really a culture shock to me now because I'm used to that freedom of schedule. Right. I'm used to yeah calling the shots and changing throughout the day and no day looks alike. Um, but that's not the reality for a lot of people. Yeah, most people. Yeah, so. Um, I have a job. I work at home. Mm-hmm. So I do have a lot more freedom than I would when I've had uh, from, you know, versus past office jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty good, both because it's a very small company, so there's extra freedom on top of that when mm-hmm. you're very close to the person who owns it in terms of... Small team. Uh, you know, it being a small team and everyone having a family, it's very family-oriented. So this job is really good in terms of that because it actually has a lot of flexibility, mm-hmm. you know, relative to that. And I have extra time. It's very 9 to 5-ish, so I have extra time to spend on my own side projects and that kind of stuff. Yep. So that's also a good position. Um, I do plan on being self-employed at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, no time frame on that, but that is, hope, this is hopefully my last job mm-hmm. because uh, I really like that, that time freedom. That is like, that's like a big thing for me, a big goal. It is. It is. And I like, I like watching, watching your progression in hashtag dad ops and seeing how, how you transitioned. I think you transitioned really well because that first kid is a bit of a jolt yeah. oh my <laughs> <to> God. <laughs> and now he's getting mobile and oh, that's a whole different thing. And yeah. And working from home. So um, before we left, before we leave, like the sort of first step of the the uh, sort of get out of debt type folks, um, 
I think we have to remember that not a lot of people, like we mentioned, not a lot of people understand the freedom of schedule that we have, but also the reason that Dave Ramsey and those blogs and Mr. Money Mustache have such a huge following is because there's a large amount of people who have never even conceived of taking that step of paying off all of your debt and getting out, getting to a point where um, you're more financially stable. So it's like aspirational. Yeah. People are listening for the. Yeah. And it's, and it's something that, that um, I think I've even heard Dave Ramsey say it. He's like, I have, I have this job for 25 years because there are people who are still in debt and still getting credit card. You know, like we will talk about credit cards some other time, but just spending more than they earn. Let's just say that. Like, and so he's there to teach, teach them to get out. So, um, so what we're talking about is definitely the people who are past that, who like have more time, have more control over their income, their, their, whether that be a salary or, or a business they own and then what to do with that. And that's really what got us fired up because, um, like Dan and Ian talked about, like there's only so there's only so far you can get with say, with with a fixed income. Like say you're you have a salary. There's only so much you can eke out of that before you're like, let's make our own mayonnaise from scratch. Let's garden to improve our to save money. Let's um, let's make our own clothes. Like let's everything to save money turns into this DIY project and he just doesn't yeah. want to be a part of but that. That's so much time. I don't and have time to garden. I don't <laughs> have time. We tried it last year. It was horrible. It was hot. Texas is hot y'all. We're in a desert, but yeah. It, and it turns into this DIY and uh, thing. And I don't want to be a master or even just an apprentice, a journeyman, all these different topics. I want to do the stuff that makes that is in, fun and enjoyable. So um, so the way to increase that amount of money you can put toward retirement and bring in is entrepreneurship. And that's pretty much the point that they made. And we're, both of us were agreeing with. Yeah. So, and then also, I guess time freedom is tangentially related, direct, or pretty closely related to entrepreneurship in terms of like, you, if you get to own your time, you can do things like take a month off in the summer or the winter, mm-hmm. take Wednesdays off, something weird like that. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of on top of. Do you think the it's, idea of having okay, a way to make money? Okay, is it nature or nurture? Is it nature or nurture to be one attracted to that and two to actually follow it? Like, I looking back, I was definitely entrepreneurial. I wasn't one of the one of these people who you hear on podcasts who's like, I created a lemonade stand or I figured out how to charge my uh, my schoolmates or my my classmates for garbage pail kids, and I earned five hundred dollars a month from that. You know, I wasn't. I listened to Tony Shea's book about Zappos and he was totally an entrepreneur, like in, in, in elementary school and did all this stuff, but that's not me. Like he did, he did a, <laughs> he made buttons for, you know, through the, through the back of a magazine ads through the back of a magazine. He sold buttons and made money doing that. I <laughs> yeah. thought, you're crazy. That's, that's wild. But I was definitely entrepreneurial, but I wasn't that entrepreneurial. Um, but I would say it came out in other ways. Like I always, I love change. If things change, I, I'm excited about it and I'm looking forward to it and I'm gung ho about it. And so that's kind of how running a business is. Everything changes <laughs> every day. You've got a new slate of things to do. Um, you know, as I was a kid, I would change my room around like weekly, like just, just to have a different outlook on things. And so that I think plays into wanting to start my own business. And I did start my own business in college. It didn't really go anywhere, but, um, and then later figured out, you know, how to do it for real. But is that part of your personality? Uh, do you think? I, no, I wasn't entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial 
but uh, a friend of mine was, mm-hmm. and his father had his own business, which is probably why he had this bent. And he, through that, because his father had you know a business license or an ID, whatever they need, mm-hmm. um, he could order paintball supplies wholesale. So we bought them wholesale and sold them on eBay, mm. and we made some money in that. I don't, not a lot. I think I spent it mostly on upgrading my own paintball gun. So you know, just went right back into some stupid, expensive paintball gun. A lot of people have their eBay story. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, we grew I up missed, on the right time for that, right? eBay was. I'm a little big. older than you, and then I worked at the bank. I think through the eBay thing, so nice. I, I was stuck in my khakis and cubicle while you were eBaying. So anyway, probably, yeah. I well, did, this I didn't was do a lot of um, eighth grade for me. You were collegey, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Plus, Plus eight years, plus something like that. So. Yeah. Um, and so what happened then? So I didn't do much after that, right? So I was totally on track to do to be a corporate drone, mm-hmm. except I had an internship in college between my junior and senior year, and I hated it. And I knew then that I was not going to try to get a job at a big company. Mm-hmm. Um, so then didn't I like found a job at a small made. company, right? I didn't. I still didn't branch out on my own, mm-hmm. um, but. I did like learning, right? So you said you like change, but I always like learning stuff. And I don't even care to apply it in real life necessarily, but the learning part is mm-hmm. I was always interested. And that's always good in tech because there's always just more stuff to learn. Uh, specific technologies or more generic technologies, but you know, kind of on a more in-depth level. It's uh, like blink your eyes and stuff. then there's a new JavaScript uh, framework to yeah. learn. Yeah. So There's that turned me into me blogging, uh, turned me into seeing that some other people were writing books about popular topics and I could do that. So I did, mm-hmm. sold that. And eventually, you know, now I'm still mostly doing info products stuff, mm-hmm. which is just the same thing, learning a topic, writing about it, making videos about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw other people doing it and knew that I could do it too. I don't know how I made the leap into knowing or having the confidence to saying that I could do that too. Mm. I'm not sure where that came from. Mm. Um, you know, maybe from that experience in eighth grade, just knowing that you can sell stuff, but I don't know. That seems like a stretch to me. Did you ever read, uh, read blog posts about that? Or no, like, I didn't yeah. get into any, like the whole, um, business entrepreneurial stuff till already, till after I was already making some money. Yeah. I, I pin a lot of my, where I started my, uh, my agency 10 years ago was, um, through freelance switch it was an, it was an Envato blog. Like, I don't even, I haven't even looked to see if they still have it somewhere, but um, it was literally freelance switch.com with these horrible graphics of this little dude who was supposed to be, I guess someone who left his job and became a freelancer. But the topic was often like, you know, becoming a freelancer, um, and leaving your nine to five type of thing, which was, um, attractive to me since I really did not like my cubicle yeah. work, my cubicle job. So, um, so yeah, so we both, so I think that we both really agreed with the, with the vibe of what they were saying that entrepreneurship is the best method for or the best use of time and money after that initial getting out of debt and taking control of your salary or your income and because that's going to give you the time freedom and that a job won't and a salary won't but also the sort of ability to increase your salary increase your income year over year yeah um as you collect more assets as your businesses become more the potential upside is multiples of what any salary could be yeah um because again i ran payroll at (laughs) i ran payroll at the (laughs) bank and i knew what people made and what their increases were and it was not pretty um i think that uh and and it's and at the bank, if, if you got hired at a certain level, like you were going to get probably a one percent increase a year, maybe, um, and the, and for the rest of your life. And so, 
Um, that was just not, that's not suitable. <laughs> that's not, that's not, uh, inflation either. I don't no. Think, yeah. No. Below. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so the, so then how I think we were talking about how to, once you've made this decision, this choice, and you've invested time into learning how to do it, how to start a company, how to sell an info product, how to make money online type of thing. Um, what, how do you approach that? Like how are, how are you, what, what are the different methods to approaching that? Cause we were saying there's a lot of different, yeah, different revenue, revenue models. models available now. Like, well, there's so many, like, um, you were saying before we started recording, there's just, the internet has evolved and matured and there's just so many different ways that people are making money. Mm-hmm. So I am selling info products currently. Right. So that just means I started with some books. Um, I have a website where I have a lot of free stuff. And from that and the newsletter, I have a larger audience that I use you, to you, you, sell It's our podcast. Other you can plug your own. Oh, my God. I can side. plug my own stuff. Yeah. Um, I've made what? serversforhackers.com. Serversforhackers.com. So that started as a newsletter. as mm-hmm. built into a website, a good old-fashioned website <laughs> with articles and videos, uh, video series and all that good stuff, um, which is just built over time slowly. It's kind of like an asset I have that helps me bring traffic and eyeballs to mm-hmm. the stuff I do. Uh, occasionally, probably like once or twice a year, if I'm lucky twice a year, I'll put out a video course that's a premium one, right? So it's paid. And I send that out to the newsletter list and hopefully get sales and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's been over five years, right? So this is just, there's this a thousand day thing that Dan and Ian talk about in Tropical MBA where it takes about three years to get a product that will replace your salary. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a little longer. I finally did it for the first time last year where uh, nice. my info products has, has made more of my salary. I don't know if I'll actually do it this year, but yeah. it'll be close. Um, Dude, y'all had a kid. Also, we had a kid. That's yeah. expensive. <laughs> you're, it's expensive in your time. And the house. The house and the kid came in the same year. Yeah, we're Within... like, whoa, you were leveling <laughs> up left and so, right, dude. <laughs> that, was a, that was an expensive year. And frankly, if I didn't have this asset on the side, I would be in debt. Yeah. For yeah. I mean, this is so much money for all the stuff we had to do. Yeah. So yeah, that definitely gonna take a dip on that year, but still, that's great. That's a huge milestone yes. to to hit and to know. Well, and you know you can do it. That's that's that confidence part is huge. It, it knowing is huge. that I can do that again, repeat yeah. that process, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't do as well as other stuff, it's still a it's still a decent chunk of mm-hmm. you know whatever you're gonna make. It'll probably be still a decent chunk. Help me, you know, pay off stuff, or if I lost my job for some reason or something, you know, survive. Mm-hmm. Whatever months I need to survive. Yeah. So you you like you have that confidence, and no one can take it away. You may. I mean, we were talking earlier. Like if if your revenue model totally disappears, and you have to start on a new one, you have to start your nine hundred days again. Um, you still have that confidence, and you still have that knowledge. So you'll make different decisions, and that maybe that three hundred or that nine hundred days turns into six hundred. Yeah. Or you know, it shrinks that time in the future because of the time you've invested, even if the asset itself, the value of it goes, goes down over time, you still have that mental knowledge of doing it. And you weren't working for somebody else and they're on their, in their company and their payroll and investing all of your mental knowledge into their product. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. then even if you didn't end up with a product, your customer pool is something that you can dive into to see if people need any clients type work. Yep. So if all all else fails or if you need a stopgap, you know, you have this source of potential clients to help Mm -hmm. out for consulting work. Client work gets a bad rap. It really does. 
Well, like you, have to be, you definitely have to be careful of how you approach it. <laughs> I think that a lot, I don't, I don't, I see, I see two types of, of conversations going on, like sort of in some of the, some of the starting a business, um, circles and it's most, mostly it's, I, I want, I'm in client work now and I want to escape it by having my own products or my own SaaS or I'm in a job now. I don't want to get stuck in client work and I want to skip that and just go to the apps or the SaaS. So yeah, right. No one ever likes client, but you know, clients pay invoices. There are good clients out there, y'all. So. And I think the um, cost per hour, what you can charge per hour is probably pretty good, right? I think, I yeah. mean, I don't know from experience because I've also avoided it, but it sounds like <laughs> it can be pretty lucrative. It can be. It, there's definitely a learning curve and I spent the first, so I've been, I've had my agency for like 10 years now and I, I've only in the last year and a half called it an agency. Before then, I was just a freelancer, and then maybe I had some contractors help me. But so it's like a mindset shift. It is a which huge lets mindset you shift. Charge more, I assume. Which led to charging more. Which led to um, saying no to certain clients, to say yes to others, to saying yes to longer, um, longer onboarding and salesy type processes. But yeah, but really being confident in the value I could provide, and so yeah, it's. And it's provided a lot of growth. So yeah, like first eight years was just me being a freelancer and not charging nearly what I should have been and just sort of getting by. So um, it is possible to have profitable, fun client work, <laughs> so, just to say that. What um, other revenue models would you think you'd have fun with trying out? Um, so yeah, so the client work is what I'm currently in. I also have um, a plug-in shop, so that is, I guess it's, is it B two C if it's shops that buy it, or is that B two B? I have no I count idea. I that B two B. Okay, so I guess it's a B two B WordPress plugin shop. Um, I know Rob William talks about some of those um, in his stair step approach, or I forget what he calls it, but you know, launch a WordPress plugin and do a freemium type model. Um, I don't like freemium because free users usually bring more headaches than they're worth. So um, it's just paid plugins um, and. Uh, I like it because I like getting sales notifications in the middle of the night, kind of like your info products, <laughs> when I didn't do anything. You know, I was eating a cheeseburger, and hey, somebody just paid for my cheeseburger. <laughs> but um, uh, the the marketing and the user acquisition on those things, um, even after three years of having the shop open, is still a challenge, and it's still it's not something that I feel like I've matured at. Um, so. To continue in that, I would need to really focus on okay, how do we, how do we measure value for the customers that they're getting from these plugins? And plus, it's I don't own the platform. Like it's not like I I made a, a job board plugin that um, I can be the job board on WordPress. Like it's I'm add on to WooCommerce, so I'm in there. Uh, take all of WordPress and divide it into just the WooCommerce people. Like that's that's my niche, and then even subdivide into that just some people who who use it. So. Um, uh, I don't, the customer acquisition is challenging and, and things like that. But so would I want to switch it? Um, I think switching it to be, to a business model of still B2B because B2C is uh, a little scary. Um, but more of a, but definitely a B2B recurring model to where you're something that they see valuable enough to get a monthly bill every month and not even blink. Like yeah. they, it's something that they really know that they're going to be using. So that that's a that's a appealing, but also scary because then you have to support ongoing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. SaaS is SaaS is definitely, I think, always like a 
grass is greener on the other side type thing because mm-hmm. it definitely has that slow, long ramp of death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's ways around that. I'm hopefully, if I want to do one, I have one I, in the back of my mind that I might try out. And I'm hoping that my current audience could help kickstart that into something that's, you know, starts with a, a decent user base instead of having to do that slow ramp of death. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that's also partially a dream because nothing ever works as well as you want it to. <laughs> nothing think, converts as well as you want it to. That's true. I think something that can help with that is, okay, so we're trying to create businesses here that help create more income, more freedom, and sort of fulfill the prophecy laid by the uh, early retirement folks. But um, something I learned when when building uh, WooCommerce plugins was that um, I built a bunch of payment gateways at first. And payment gateways were golden because everybody needs a payment gateway. Everybody needs a way to collect money on an e-commerce site. And payment gateways either work or they don't. So there wasn't any CSS issues. There wasn't any um, con- conflicts with other plugins. Like it's a very, very, uh, very, very specific function that you're using it for. Everybody needs it and they're willing to pay for it because it also brings in money. So if like finding a SaaS that can do that where you're not having this huge staff of support to, yeah. <laughs> to help, help fix your, your issue, but you found something that people, um, something that's very, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a um, an aspirin that fixes their pain <laughs> versus a vitamin and it, and it helps their business and it brings in money. Like that's, you know, that's great. That's the, that's the, the goal. Yeah. Which is hard now, right? Cause we're sort of in a way late to the game yeah. in terms of all the, the low hanging fruit type apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely in, in, in a bit of peak SaaS and peak television at the same time. But even peak television is falling off, and there's less and fewer fun shows to watch. So <laughs> so maybe the some of the SaaS, SaaS products will start to die off as right, well. Right, right. And only the, the value. And, but we have to we have to be optimistic and, and know that there will be new opportunities. Yeah, and there's still opportunities that, you know, if you see a lot of SaaS is doing something, you know there's a big market for it. So if you could tweak or have an idea of how to go about, you know, the execution of whatever that SaaS is, potentially you could mm. steal customers that way. There's always that kind of thing. Of course, it's higher competition. Of course, you kind of need people to know about you somehow. So there's all the marketing challenges, mm-hmm. but you know, there's opportunities still. Yep. That's true. Well, cool. I think we, uh, we can wrap things up, but really just to say, uh, we both agree and sort of where we're coming from is the you know, we agree with part of the early retirement folks just in that, yeah, getting out of debt and getting a handle on your money is a great first step. But then after that, entrepreneurial lifestyle, starting businesses, growing them, selling them, acquiring them, that's that's what excites us and what interests us. And I think probably what we should continue talking about. Yeah, sure. So. I mean, yeah, getting that time freedom. For me, it's a lot about time freedom. Mm-hmm. And how we use that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree too. And I think talking about our, because both of our, we both have sort of have our main day job um, and then our side businesses as well. Um, I think talking about how we're growing those and approaching those uh, is useful. Like in our Slack, we have the MRR room, <laughs> and it aptly named. Uh, and it doesn't get a lot of traffic, but I think it should get more traffic or yeah. at least have an outlet here to talk about it because we're both still learning and trying to to pick up new approaches and things and put them into practice. So. Um, like cool. you're, you're very good at your email list, whereas my email list, um, is something that, uh, we don't talk about. 
Yeah. So I don't think I've emailed my email list in a while. <laughs> but once Wesley's a little older, maybe I can actually get some content out there and start emailing people. Yep. Warm it up. Yeah. Well, yep. And it is warm in this recording booth, so we're going to go oh, ahead and so end, uh, end this <laughs> podcast here. Uh, so, yeah, so you can find more episodes of uh, Has Opinions at, uh, what's our new URL? Uh, HasOpinions.wtf. Yeah. And, uh, it'll Which be, currently is nothing, but we'll see. Nothing, but it'll it, be something. Hopefully it will be something. So, um, hope you like this episode. And uh, like and subscribe wherever we end up putting this thing. <laughs> wherever that is. It was or, a SoundCloud last time, so yeah. maybe we actually need to put it on a, on a thing. I think we do, yeah. Um, anyway, so talk to Chris on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Fideliper. Yeah, and I am Grodev, at Grodev on Twitter. So let us know what you thought of the podcast. And uh, keep an eye out for future episodes. Thank you.